This week on NRL Teams. Can Manly turbocharge their trip west to take on the Titans? The Green Machine on the hunt for a new number one with CNK ruled out. Josh Maguire a saint, but will he be named in a winning side as the Red V revival continues? And where to for the Broncos after Kevy swings the axe? Welcome to NRL Teams. I'm Neve Owens. Lovely to be back with you ahead of round six of the footy action alongside Brett Kamali. As usual, lovely to see you, Noddy. Thanks, Neve. How are we going? You brought a mate along today. <laughs> I, I brought Luke a Lewis. former roommate from a long, long time ago. Luke Lewis, uh, 03 grand final, and he comes away on a kangaroo tour. His it's first ever, first ever trip out of representative best, tour. Best ever. It was awesome. And Is that just because you're a roommate? You know? Oh, yeah, roommate. All the players <laughs> yeah, I looked up yeah, to yeah. was the best. Look, awesome. I'm not saying you're old, Noddy, but back in those days, <laughs> the older players would send the young'uns off on errands, mm, yeah. you know, make them have the little single bed, all that kind of thing. Yeah, actually, what was he like? Was he right? That is a true story because he had a double bed and a single bed. He got the double, I got the single. I had to stretch out. <laughs> what a G out. What a G out. Uh, it was a bit of respect in there. I was learning, learning the strike. And so yeah, knowing too, where you no, stand. No sharing of the remote. No. Six weeks. Yeah. Well, eight weeks. Would have been and I weeks. went through it. I had to go through it. No remote. I had to go through it. Joel yeah, Clinton, room with Shane Webke. Everyone goes through it. Best thing that Jolly done, though. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Awesome. <laughs> but yes, both travelled from the Shire. It's a long way from down Cronulla at the moment. Well, speaking mm. of Cronulla, <laughs> thank you for the segue, Noddy. A bit of pressure <laughs> and talk around the Cronulla Sharkies at the moment. John Morris, the head coach, under some pressure. You were there today, Louis. What is it like when you enter training at the moment? What's the vibe you're getting from the players? What's the atmosphere like with externally a lot of noise around the club? Yeah, there is a lot of noise. Uh, obviously, got the turn up there this morning. It just feels weird because you rock into the uh, the club and you, know, you see all the camera crews outside. And usually, when you see that, you know something's happening yeah. or something's going on. But um, I've got to be honest with you, I walked in, uh, seen Johnny, had a coffee with him this morning. Um, he was just business as usual. He's in there getting his video ready, cutting it all up, getting the boys uh, on the same page. Had their spine in there, which is their, their main guys. Uh, they were having a bit of a laugh and a joke. They got, um, got on with the job um, and they got out in the training park and executed what they needed to execute. So at the end of the day, um, you know, Bomber's just being professional as he has to be and the players have turned up and doing the same thing. But yeah, it must be a pretty stressful uh, situation for Johnny at the moment. He's been pretty professional for the last two seasons, Noddy, taking them to the finals in both years despite significant injury toll, not having a lot of room to move salary cap-wise. When you look at John Morris as a head coach and what he's shown us over the last couple of seasons, what do you see that shows you that he can take a team to the next level, to winning a premiership? Yeah, obviously it's a hard job in NRL coach. And there's obviously things that have gone on behind the scenes, around the scenes, that are making all these decisions happen and now. Um, you know, did a really quick apprenticeship in some regards. Like, did two years as an under-20s coach, did one year as an NRL assistant coach. Same Flanagan's hearing gets decided in January 2019. So, and then, obviously, John Morris is the assistant coach and pretty much goes straight into the role. So, you're right, either we've made the semi-finals two years in a row. The club... The club now is seemed to be a top eight side. I think in the old days it was like always a struggling side, poor financially, but now going quite well financially. And I don't think we've missed the finals since it's been six in the last years or six so. years or seven last years. So, so the culture of the club is where you know you're a semi-final side. The question is, can you become a premiership side continuously? Sean Johnson, some interesting comments from him, very supportive of John Morris remaining the head coach of the Sharkies. You live in the Shire as well, Louis. What are you hearing from the players and the fans about this move? To be honest with you, look, I, 
I shut out from it all because <laughs> I, I, I'm, uh, I love the club. Uh, I've got so many good relationships in the club and I get along with Johnny Morris really, really well. But, uh, yeah, look, the comments uh, the other night uh, with Sean Johnson, he just he spoke how he felt. I suppose he's come over, he had no... Um, I suppose connection with Shane Flanagan. Shane Flanagan signed him. Uh, Johnny Morris uh, had to get the best out of him, and he probably played his best football under yeah. Johnny Morris. So I can understand where where uh, Sean Johnson's come from. But to be honest with you, all the external talk, anyone comes to me, I said, look, I don't know anything, and I don't want to hear about it. All right, the, the, so move on. The, the, <laughs> the, the rule, the six to go rule, has been the best thing in Sean Johnson's career as well. If any player is going to agree with the new six to go rule, Sean Johnson was going to be a player that was going to excel with the six to go rule, and and did last year his best season ever. And just while you're on Sean Johnson, I was having a good chat to him this morning and watching how he's training. Now he's due back in the next couple of weeks, and he'd been playing two years with a bit of a um, an Achilles problem where it was really sore and was giving you a bit of a agitation, and he he was struggling, but. Um, he reckons ever since he snapped it and he's come back, he's actually feeling a lot better. So I'm expecting some big things when he gets back on the field. I love how you've changed, tried to change the topic there. You've done that yeah. beautifully and yeah, seamlessly. Like yeah, <laughs> nicely done. For anyone yeah. at home, if you've got an Achilles problem, we're going rupture. Yeah. When's the teams come in, these? <laughs> Very soon. And I want to ask you about Craig, Craig Fitzgibbon and yeah. Cameron Seraldo, yeah. who are being touted as the heirs apparent for the Sharkies' job. Both... Well, certainly Craig Fitzgibbon, a great player, but both untested as a head coach. What do you see and, and what do you think, a, what kind of manager will Craig Fitzgibbon ultimately be whenever that time comes that he gets that opportunity? Yeah, well, I think both of us had the opportunity to, to play with Cameron Serrato and Craig Fitzgibbon. They're both great play, great people, uh, great players, really professional. Cameron Serrato had great success at Penrith as a 20s coach. As you said, Craig Fitzgibbon's been at the Roosters, uh, I think, for 12 years or 11 years since playing there and coming back and coaching there. You probably describe him and Cam as the best two defensive coaches in the competition. Um, they're they're well-liked, they're well-respected. And if you think about the only franchise outside of Melbourne is the Sydney Roosters and Penrith Panthers have had pretty much good success over the last period of time. So they've come out of that apprenticeship. They've done a great apprenticeship. The heir pants to the next coaching role that becomes available. And the thing about Craig Fitzgibbon, obviously his dad coached a club as well uh, as part of the Jack Gibson reign. So there's a bit of a connection there with, the, with why Cronulla Sharks and Craig Fitzgibbon does, does work well. On Craig, I, I think he's uh, one of those players who... I remember I got the opportunity to play with Fitzy, and he was a worker. Yeah. And, he, and if you can't outwork him, he, he's going to expect you to turn up and work just as hard as him, if not harder. Mm. So I think he, his work ethic will really uh, will be something that he will focus on. And I think Cameron Serrato's man management skills, uh, from what I'm hearing from the players and what I've had to do with Cameron Serrato, he's such a calm person. Um, he, very, he knows how to get the message across really well. And I think all the players really respect that. So... I think the, the opportunity for Cameron Serrato to manage the players around him and give uh, really good, honest feedback would probably be his biggest attribute as well. So, um, yeah, you put those, if it is true and it's those two going together, I thought that would make, a, I suppose, a perfect combination. Certainly a club that you both care deeply mm. about. We'll preview their clash with the Knights in just a moment's time. But that was the whistle and the teams have just dropped here on NRL Team. So let's go to Thursday night footy, first of all, with the Broncos hosting the Panthers. Let's look at the home side first there at Suncorp Stadium because there is a big change in the halves. Tom Dearden and Brody Croft in with Croft at 5'8". The other backline change sees Jesse Arthurs come in, pushing Tessie Mew out of the team. Patrick Carrigan returns from suspension, so Tavita Pangai Jr. moves to the second row and Jordan Ricky to the bench. There's no Ben Teo. He'll miss three months after undergoing surgery on a ruptured bicep. For the Panthers, 
unchanged after their quality win against the Raiders last weekend. Fullback Dylan Edwards is still a couple of weeks away, as is hooker Abby Corisau. He's looking at round 8 to 10 for his return. So Ivan Cleary looks to the same 17 that has been well and truly getting the job done. The only undefeated side left in the comp, having only conceded 26 points. You mentioned the defensive coach in five rounds of footy. Noddy. Kevy Walters has made the big call. He's dropped their star halfback, Anthony Milford. Is this a process of Kevy trying to determine what his best halves combination ultimately is? This is the process of Kevy Walters trying to work out how hard NRL coaching is for the first time in his life. As you said, he's, a, he's been an apprentice coach. He's done some Super League coaching. He's an old boy that they wanted. They got him back. They're coming off the, the, the worst season in Broncos history. 32 years it took them to win a wooden spoon. They won it last year, so they're starting at a very, very low base, and it's a tough job. And you're right, Anthony Milford um, has copped a lot of criticism in the last few weeks. It's a decision he had to make. I'm still quite... We were surprised last week about Brodie Croft on the bench, and Tom Dearden got... Tom Dearden got basically hooked with 15 minutes to go. Brady Croft went on and didn't improve anything and actually put one out in the full. So it's like you're searching for people and you've invested in the wrong players. Uh, we both, Louie and I both agree that Tom Dearden is a player of the future and someone that they need to look after and protect. Um, Brady Croft, I suppose, is he's another player that, you know, Melbourne let him go to Brisbane, so he's he's not fired at one club. Now he's at another club that's struggling. So Brady Croft's career is on massive crossroads as well. So it's uh, it's a tough gig. As is Anthony Milford's, he's been dropped for the first time in his NRL career. Louis, for him, how does he cope with that disappointment and then turn it into something positive that well, sees him best play, back playing the kind of footy we know he can play? It's a tough question to answer, Neve, but at the end of the day, there's two, you can either take it two ways. You can either go down there, play reserve grade, put your head in your lap and forget about what's happened, or you can use it as a bit of a motivation and say, you know what, I want to play first grade. I want to be Anthony Milford of, of old. What do I need to do? You go and have that conversation with uh, Kevy and what he needs to work on and you go back, you suck it up and you try and play your best footy and find some form. That's, that's what he needs to do. At the end of the day, he's on a million dollars and he needs to um, step up and play like a million dollar man. We all know he can. It's just trying to... It, sometimes you just... That confidence goes. You can. It's so hard to get back. I believe changing. I think a, a change for Anthony Milford may be the best thing because you need to go and then reprove yourself to the, the players around you. You need to reprove yourself to the fans, and it just gives you this burning desire inside to be better. So I, I personally think he's just got to um, suck it up, go as hard as he can, and make it take it personally. Really, you, you've got to take it personally. If you don't, you're not going to move forward. They're up against a pretty tough <laughs> side this weekend in the Panthers. A side that's difficult to find fault with right at the moment, Noddy. I want to ask you about their current fullback, Stephen Crichton. Yeah. Do you see him as a fullback of the future and it takes time to settle into that position or ultimately do you see him as a centre? No, I think he's a centre. I, I think he's a great athlete. I mean, if you're a great athlete, they try and say, well, you can go and play fullback. Um, players want to play fullback because it earns a bit more money than what wing and centre does. Uh, and he's a talented player. He's, you know... The thing about this is Dylan Edwards got injured a few weeks ago, so basically what happened is Stephen Crichton's an athlete and a, and a freak, so you've got to put him somewhere. In the, the development of Matt Burton means that they actually don't even want to drop Matt Burton as well. So Matt Burton has the skill and ability to play in the centres, which means Crichton can play fullback, which adds more depth to their roster. So it's a, it's a richness of too many good players out there at Penrith at the moment. They, they all got, can fill in. They all can play anywhere. They've got so much yeah. uh, talent. Uh, out in the field and they're 17, plus they've got it down in the lower grades who can just come in and fill a spot. I love Stephen Crichton as a player. He's an athlete. Um, can he play fullback? Absolutely. Uh, but he's got a lot of learning to do. 
I love him as a centre because he's got he's really good uh, with ball in hands. He's got great footwork. We've seen that silky pass he just put on there for um, I think it was Charlie Staines, but. This kid can be anything. But what I love about it is from 1 to 17, they're amazing. And they can beat you in so many different ways. I do believe that the other night against Canberra, they still had another two or three years yeah. to go, which is scary. They didn't have the best start. It took a little bit of a, a Hudson Young penalty against Army for them to switch on. And then when they wanted to turn it on, it was just a simple uh, straight-up hard carry from Liam Martin who's turned the game. And then that was it. And again, I still don't reckon they played at their best, which is scary signs. Do you, cool. know, you know the biggest thing out there at Penrith now? They walk in the change rooms, they've got... Brad Fittler, former Penrith young gun, goes off to be the Australian captain. And a photo of Luke Lewis. A couple of mentors out there. <laughs> oh, you can. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Welcome. It's awesome to have you here on NRL TV. We really hope you'll come back again in the future. That is on at Suncorp Stadium on Thursday night. It's how the round kicks off. And the countdown to Magic Round continues as well. Only one month to go. Make sure you get along. Get to nrl.com forward slash tickets to get your tickets. I think for three days of footy, gents, you guys might get a couple of free passes. But for the rest of us, 99 bucks to see three days of footy. Not bad. Not bad at all. And a really great place to watch the footy too, Suncorp Stadium. So make sure you get involved in that. All right, let's head to Friday night footy in the 6 o'clock clash. The Newcastle Knights hosting the Sharkies at McDonald Jones Stadium, the 6pm kickoff. Let's look at the home side first. Braden Musgrave named on the right wing to make his NRL debut, fresh from winning a real NRL title with the Cessnock Goannas last year. Startoa drops out. Bradman Best is back. Gamet Shibasaki has been named in Jersey 21. Kurt Mann makes his return from concussion, so Connor Watson moves back to lock and Suaso Su to the bench, alongside Jacob Saifidi, who returns from suspension. Chris Randall will be missing for a while after suffering a wrist injury against the Titans. Cronulla, two HIA-related changes for the visitors. Josh Dugan out, with Connor Tracy in at right centre. Wade Graham has ruled himself out after he failed his second HIA in a fortnight. Britton Nakora makes his return from suspension and comes into the second row, with Teague Wilton switching sides and Seifer Talakai comes onto the bench. Gents, the Knights at home, having lost three on the trot, two in Newcastle, Noddy, in pretty disappointing fashion. How much is Adam O'Brien stressing that doing it for your fans, the importance of performing at home at McDonald Jones Stadium in the lead up to this one? Very, very important. And he went through some dramas last year where he challenged their ability to be consistent. Um, he thought they were so up and down. The two big matches they've lost this year, they lost Mitchell Pearce's three-hundredth match at home, and then the following week or the week before, they lost the, 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 the day that they wore the coal miner shirts and Alex McKinnon Cup. Two of the biggest events that can happen in Newcastle, full house. Um, I think it's just very, very important. The Newcastle Knights can't even worry about playing pretty tonight, worrying too much about shape and structure. They just need to play as tough as they can. They need to roll the sleeves up. They need to get dirty. They need to win ugly. They need to do anything they can just to get a victory in front of their home side again. The Braley boys will go head-to-head oh, head as well. Is this a game <laughs> that the two boys will absolutely relish or is it one that the family just hopes both guys get through unscathed? Yeah, well, I got to talk to um, you know, Blakey this morning. I said, mate, you're going to get into your brother on the weekend. <laughs> but he goes, no, 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 I won't. Woodsy will do all that for me. Yeah. But, um, yeah, look, I said to him, I said, how does it feel coming up against your brother? He goes, a bit weird. He goes, but I'm looking forward to it. They were, they were together last week in, in the um, away for, for Easter. But Jaden Braley for Newcastle has been... Up there, pretty much their best player. Week in, week out. His defence is awesome. His running game, his service and delivery out of dummy half has been absolutely spot on. But again, on with Noddy. They have to win dirty. This is, this is going to be a tough game. The Sharks are going to take it to them. Uh, they've got a few really good uh, ins. Obviously, Calum Ponga playing his second game. He got one point on the weekend. Uh, I saw that. He, he you know, still had a yeah. bit of a mixed bag. But 
Um, he will get better as he gets used to playing this new game and new style. And they've got a couple of other guys there. Brabham Best, I love him. I, I really do. I think he's a great centre. Yeah. He turned that game and, and won the game against the Warriors. Uh, so he's a massive inclusion. And Saifidi back on the bench, another massive inclusion. So they're, they're up against it, the Sharkies. But one thing I do love about the Sharks is Siffer. Back on the bench. He turned games last year by himself. Um, absolutely love this bloke as a player. He's worked really hard coming back from his injury. He had shoulder surgery. I think it was shoulder reconstruction from memory. Uh, he'll come back and he's looking really, really good at the moment. So can't wait to see him play. That's how Friday night footy yeah. will get started. Potentially the game of the round to follow the late Friday night game. Let's have a look at that one next with the Melbourne Storm hosting the Sydney Roosters at Amy Park. 7.55pm kickoff for the Storm. Craig Bellamy has named an unchanged side following that big win over the Bulldogs. Nelson Asofa-Solomona has been named to start at lock in place of Tui Kamakamitha. Brandon Smith keeps his spot at hooker with Harry Grant in jersey number 14. Dale Finucane will be out another week as he works to make his return from a car injury and there's no room for Brenko Lee in the 17. For the visitors another blow to the Roosters with Freddie Lassick out for up to two months with a fractured arm. Then Marshke has been named at hooker but will need to beat a crusher tackle charge at the NRL judiciary tonight. The tricolours do get a couple back. Lindsay Collins returns from an ankle complaint and Adam Keir in place his first game since round one. Harry Grant back off the bench last weekend and we saw him have that immediate impact around the ruck. How does Craig Bellamy use both himself and Brandon Smith over the next few weeks to get the best out of both? Yeah, they both played great last week. I was at the game between Canterbury and Melbourne last week. The funny thing is, like, you think about Canterbury struggling and really up against it. Jesse Bromwich, who plays, is a test front rower, comes off. Nelson Asafa Solomon goes on. That's pretty, pretty <laughs> special. And then Brandon Smith comes off and Harry Grant goes on. You're like, oh my God, how do we beat these blokes? Like, when does the drop of class happen in the game? Harry Grant, obviously, yeah, you know, we talk about players coming back from surgery, uh, missing off-seasons. Harry Grant played the first trial and then missed the last few weeks. So, he's so good out of dummy half. Um, this try they set up, this is just Harry Grant's skill. Plays off the cuff, plays eyes up in front of him. They push in the holes. Um, big units, hard to stop. Um, it's a great problem that Craig Bellamy has in there. You've got Brandon Smith that starts a game, goes 100 mile an hour, gets a bit to piece, puts a bit of fatigue into the defence, and then a bloke called Harry Grant comes on and just has that subtlety and that skill. And well, Brent, I was going to say, Brandon Smith actually said, he goes, oh, when I went to lock, I didn't realise how much I enjoyed going there as well. I think off, he's so. a great lock. I think so. he's got to not think it. Don't sell yourself to a poor club as a dummy half. Stay at the Melbourne Storm and play lock because that's your best position. And it he, he looks like he's he looked great it. there. And I think the combination between Smith yeah. and Harry Grant while he's at lock would could be absolutely unbelievable. So... Yeah, I, I wouldn't, I'm with you, I wouldn't be writing off uh, that 13 jersey just yet. Well, Noddy mentioned the class coming off the bench for the Storm. What about for the Roosters with Jared Warrior Hargreaves yeah. oh, injecting himself into that game, really turning the tide for yeah. the Roosters last weekend? Does Trent Robinson continue to use him off the bench? Oh, I think so. The way that he played last week was probably yeah. one of his best games I'd seen. He was amazing. Come on, he's a little bit aggressive, which I like, um, and, and we know how, how he can do it, but his carries were brutal. He was uh, taking everyone on. This was probably a little bit... Um, a little bit late. It wasn't dangerous or anything, but uh, yeah, he went with him with his defence, with his uh, with his running game. He's putting his bumper up. He, he was into all of it. Uh, the only thing for me is that the forward pack you've got to handle the Roosters forward pack, and the Melbourne Storm can do that. 
but I reckon the Melbourne Storm would have watched the Sharks game on the weekend, and the Sharks did find Drew Hutchison and Sam Walker a fair bit. It took a while for those boys to get into the game, about 65 minutes, obviously, and then Sam Walker, the class of an 18-year-old, just turned it on for that 15 minutes, which is amazing to watch. But I think both those guys will have a lot of traffic coming their way this weekend. And Sam Walker did ultimately yeah. stand up to the test last weekend, but the Storm will be looking to rattle him again, won't they? They will, definitely. They'll put, they, they'll put kick pressure on him, so they'll take time away from him. They'll run some big man at Little Man. He's about 78 kilos, Sam Walker. Um, you know, the class of Sam Walker, though, he, he is a very, very special player. So he gets away with with the attack that the Trent Robinson post game said, oh, we expect him to do this because he does it at training. Uh, he's been around NRL his whole life, so I'm pretty sure his dad's and his uncle, with dad and his uncles, would have sort of told him what how tough NRL football is. You're going to make some bad tackles. You're going to get run over occasionally. You're a halfback. You're generally a spot player. If you isolate you in line, it's you just got to do your best. But then on the back of that, what he does in attack, that for for an 18-year-old kid to come up with that last 20 minutes of football. It's Mate, those, pretty those special. Those two passes alone. The one yeah. with Daniel Tupo, that yeah. beautiful pass, hit him straight on the chest. Yeah. And then just wait for the timing yeah. to hit Morris. Yeah. And then his run, obviously, too, to, to beat his number seven, opposing number yeah. seven, Chad Townsend's score. It was amazing. But let's not go past the, the two number ones for a second. <laughs> We're talking about the Roosters in Melbourne. The two best fullbacks that I absolutely love watching come up against each other. So I can't wait for this one. This is what I've been looking forward to because there's been so much talk about, you know, Ryan Puppenhausen coming through and, you know, biting at the heels of James Tedesco. Tedesco's still playing outstanding football, looking absolutely amazing. I can't wait to see these two number ones go. That's ultimately Pappenhausen and Tedesco worth the price of admission mm. alone. If you're in Melbourne, you can still get some tickets to the game. Go to nrl.com forward slash tickets. For the rest of us, you can catch it on Channel 9, on Fox Sports, on KO. You do not have to miss a moment of the action. What promises to be an absolute cracker. All right, Saturday afternoon footy. And we head west to Glen Willow Oval to Mudgee to see the Seagulls take on the Titans. 3pm kickoff on Saturday afternoon and one massive inclusion for Des Hasler's side. Tom Trebojevic is back and isn't it a perfectly timed return with Dylan Walker out with a hamstring injury. Jack Kashevsky ruled out with a serious foot injury. Hamoli Olakatu comes into the second row making his comeback from an elbow injury. Cade Cust is on the bench and Tavita Funa moves out of the 17. The visitors, no changes to the 17 that enjoyed a big win over the Knights last weekend. Philip Sami did fail his HIA in round five. He's been named but he'll be monitored this week. Jonas Pearson is in the 21 jersey that's his cover and Jonas Pearson's been absolutely killing it for Burley in the first few rounds of the Intrust Super Cup. Second row David Fafita is in damaging form. Hattrick last week six tries in five games. Anthony Don getting closer to a return from that hip injury next week looking likely for him. Louis Tommy Turbo back at last. Some talk that he'll spend some time in the centres as he makes his return. How do you think Des Hasler will use him this weekend? Uh, I don't know. I can't yeah. see. I can't picture him in the setters for Manly. I think he needs to be around the ball because he's just a. He's so dangerous. Um, he, he can score tries from anywhere. He can create tries from anywhere. Um, that number one jersey is definitely his. My biggest concern for for um, Tommy is I, I just I just hope he gets through the eighty minutes injury injury free. Make sure his hemi pulls up pretty nicely and he just builds on his game. He doesn't try and do too much too early. The other good bonus uh, for Manly about it is that I think Daly Cherry Evans plays a lot better football with Tom Turbo in the team. So I, I reckon that the, that combination will start to build really nicely. They'll get a little bit more confidence with him back. They proved that they can win without uh, Turbo and the team last week, but 
this is a huge task come up against the Gold Coast Titans. I think any player plays better when you've got Tom Shulweaver <laughs> yeah, to the yeah. side. So you're right, with, with the seven and the one and the six, they've got those little combinations. The idea of him probably playing centre is to, to try and make sure he gets a full 80 minutes out, protect the hamstrings, don't throw him out there and go, mate, you've got to run for over 200 metres, do all the kick returns and do all that work and overload him the first week. So it's good news that he's back. I expect there to be a huge crowd out, a huge crowd at Mudgee as well. I was in Mudgee a few weeks ago when they had all the flags up yeah, around I'm going town. I'll be there for a few days. Absolute cracker. I'm very yes. jealous. It'll be a great yes, game. Yes, yes. Um, and one of the key players who I know the locals will be delighted to see, even though there's lots of Manly fans in Mudgee, is David Fafita. Yep. That goose step to get past Kalen Ponga and score a try. I mean, what are you supposed to do against a ball player who weighs in at over 100 kgs? Yeah, and runs equally as fast as a, a winger. Uh, he's a pretty freakish player, David Fafita. It was a massive signing to get him from the Brisbane Broncos to the Gold Coast. We, we gave him away. Week one with a little bit poor with with the virus, but from week two to week five, he has been barnstorming. As you said, scored three tries last week. Uh, he's probably the only forward in the competition that can score tries from 50 metres out, beat fullbacks, beat you for pace, run over you, You're run around you, do as much skill. He is an absolute. And, and the, don't forget that probably the second most, their second best top buy of the off season has been Tino as well. Yeah, he's been. And they're great. both at the same club. It's a, it's a great strength that the Titans have been able to come up to with. To have a back roller that can score six tries in five games, amazing. But the work of, I think, of Tyrone Peach in the yeah. 13 jersey has yeah. been excellent. I really like that move at 13. I'd love to see him stay there and keep building on his game. But even Kevin Proctor. I reckon Kevin Proctor's game's gone yeah. through the roof because of David Fafita and, and these boys playing some good football. And AJ Brimson at fullback, again, another great fullback who's coming on and playing some outstanding uh, footy as well. And we've mentioned hamstring injuries. You're going to be taking care, aren't you, with some running races of your own out there in Mudgee <laughs> on the weekend? I am. I'm in a little try-scoring competition on, on the trampoline of EISS today. <laughs> <laughs> like, we can film it for you. Like, my hamstrings are a bit shorter than Tommy's. They're okay. <laughs> Good to hear. Stay safe. We want to see you back here on Tuesday. Yeah. All right, let's head to Saturday, 5.30pm and Stadium Australia, where the Rabbitohs will take on the West's Tigers. The Rabbitohs won four in the trot going into this one. Cody Walker is back from suspension, so Benji Marshall returns to the bench and Dean Hawkins drops out of the 21. Jackson Paula and Liam Knight have both been named on an extended bench. The pair both working their way back from head knocks. Mar Milestone game for Alex Johnston. NRL game number 150 for the winger. For the visitors, conceding an average of 35 points in their last four losses and Michael Maguire has made plenty of changes. AJ Kapoa into the centres with Moses Mbai moving to the bench. James Tamo and Stefano Utoikamanu are the props with Zane Musgrove moving to the bench. Jake Simkin into hooker. Jacob Little in jersey 18. Joe Offahengawi will start in the second row and Luke Garner moves to the bench. Now, there are plenty of inform fullbacks in the competition, but none more so than Latrell Mitchell. Are we seeing the best footy he can play? What's his ceiling? Because he's been unreal to see. I wouldn't say it's his best footy. I, I think he's still got a couple more levels to go, which is scary. I think he's playing outstanding football as well. I, I, I love everything he's doing. He got three points again, I think, last week mm. with the way that he played. So, yeah, look, um, I just love... He must have done a lot of hard work in the off-season because his involvement's around the middle of the ruck a lot... Uh, a lot more, I suppose, than last year. The, the movement out wide, his passing game is pretty much spot on. He looks so strong and physical at the moment. And again, he's looking for some hard work coming over his own end. So he's taking a little bit of pressure off his forwards. But he's executing everything at the moment. And yeah, I, I think he's got a few more gears to go. The best, the best press conference I'd heard last week was Wayne Bennett, who just literally went straight to all the journos and said, 
Oh, you thought Latrell couldn't play fullback. Yeah. I thought he could play pretty good the first time he played. And he just put it straight back on him. It was a very good comment. And obviously, when you buy a talented player, you know it's going to take time to work out what the fullback role, bits and pieces. He looks happy. He looks like he's enjoying his football. South Sydney are flying. He looks fit. He looks hungry for the ball. It's a good sign. Benji Marshall moves back to the bench with Cody Walker back from suspension. Now, I'm sure we'll hear from Benji this week that it's just another game. But, Louis, that first game back when you played for the Sharkies up against the Panthers after you'd made the move, what's it like as I a player? Ha- I want to kill him. I'll be honest with you. I couldn't <laughs> wait. As soon as I got the Sharks, oh, I'm, not, I'm not joking. I, I love the club. <laughs> Panthers, I mean, I, I love them. I love the Sharks as well. But as soon as I knew I was at the Sharks, the first thing I did was go straight to the draw and circle it. And all my mindset was is that I want to beat the Shark. I mean, I want to beat the Panthers. How'd, you, beat get, how'd you go? We won. I don't think I lost against the Sharks. I never lost against Panthers, which is good. So. Yeah. No, I think the only game we lost that were the Sharks were playing. I wasn't, I wasn't playing, so that's all right. Yeah. But um, I, I made it personally. And even even five years into it, five years, back into my kit, I still took it personally coming up against Penrith because I bled for that club. I loved that club and I supported that club and I wanted to prove that you know, I'm coming out and playing against the club that I love. So uh, Benji Marshall will be saying, look, it's just another game. But at the end of the day, he'll want to go out and have an absolute blinder. Not just another game. Noddy, Tigers boot off Leichhardt at halftime. For a player, what is that experience like? And does it stick with you for the following week, for the weeks to come? It should stick with you for the whole season. As Louis just said, he's, got, he's gone and played against a former club just to prove that he wants to be good against his former club. To Not the rub it in his nose, but just know where it comes from. You get booed off at halftime. You certainly want to be motivated to play well the next week, the following week, for the rest of the season. You should always want to walk off at full time and go... I tried as hard as I did. Uh, I, I maybe made some mistakes, but my character and my ability to have a crack will never be judged. And I think that's what they were sort of booed off a bit for on the weekend, for being so poor on such a big occasion. Didn't even get in the contest. I think it was 28 points to four or six or something at halftime. That was a big, that's a bad score line. So big turnaround for the side in, in selection. Joe's... Jake Simpson, Simpson's been talked about for a, a number of weeks now and a little bit last year about he's the kid to take over. They need a ball-playing dummy half since Robbie Farrell's gone. They've got him. I know he's only young and very new to the situation, but, you know, they're in a tough time at the moment. They need to search for some answers. I think Luke Brooks, again, a player who's under a fair bit of pressure and has already been criticised for his game management. I've criticised him a bit this year and I thought he's extremely poor again last week. Um, so... There's a couple of big-known players that need to stand up because some clubs are making some pretty big decisions on key personnel who are costing lots of money. Let's give Tigers a little bit of a wrap. I I thought Dewey's been playing some really good football in 5'8". I love Dane Laurie at the fullback. He's been playing some really good football. They just don't know how to get those blokes to ball in the right positions. That's right. They've just got to, again, go back to sort of what we are talking about with Newcastle. They've got to win dirty and they've got to hang in there and they've got to rip in and Mm. they've just got to find a way of winning. Uh, but they're up against it this week. Yeah. They sure are. There's nothing ugly about the way the Rabbitohs have been no. playing footy. Just put this more season. people on the right edge, and you might. <laughs> yeah, just put, put them stack, all there. Just put them all out there, and makes house come up with somewhere else to score. That's Saturday, Arvo. <laughs> Let's have a look at Saturday night, shall we? The 7:35 p.m. kickoff. The Raiders up against the Eels at Bruce Stadium, GIO Stadium, there in Canberra for the home side. A big out for the Raiders. No Shans Nickel Cookstar sidelined with a neck injury. Former Panther Caleb Aikens will make his debut for the Green Machine at the back. So some good news. Curtis Scott is back in the centres. Sebastian Chris moves to the bench. Joseph Tarpanay named to start at lock. Ryan James drops out of the 21. And then 
Imre Gula comes onto the bench. For the visitors, the Eels will be without Dylan Brown, who has pleaded guilty to a crush attack and miss one match. Will Smith starts at 5'8". After missing the last three matches with concussion, Ryan Madison has been named to return. Isaiah Papali'i moves back to the bench and Keegan Hipgrave comes into the 17. Sean's Nickel Cookstar out for an extended yeah. period. What does Ricky do with his back line to cover that loss and still spark something in attack, Noddy? Yeah, well, I think most clubs and most coaches, they're sort of creatures of habit. So when the number one goes out, they try not to change their game plan too much or the style of play because there's something they've rather practiced since November or for the Raiders, they've practiced for a number of years. Um, certainly, Caleb, Caleb Aikens is going to have to run. He normally runs for 200 metres chance. He obviously saves a lot of tries, always catches the ball in the full... Technically not the ball-playing fullback, so that you don't have to worry about that role, but... The Canberra Raiders play really tough. We, we spoke about just a minute ago, two sides that just need to play tough and play ugly and win. That's the Canberra Raiders. That's a blueprint that Ricky's got his side playing under uh, and they rely on some individual flair. So they, do, they don't have chance this week, but I'm sure he'll be looking at, at a Jack Whiten or a George Williams or one of their stars and just reminding them, hang on a sec, we play really tough and we get really aggressive. How did the Dragons beat Parramatta last week? Lines been Lines been They got in their face. They had a crack. They had a dig. And all of a sudden, you start to get some momentum go your way. Well, speaking of that, when the Eels were faced with that against the Dragons, Louis, they looked a bit rattled. They yeah. looked unsettled. They lost some of that composure that we've really praised them for in the opening rounds of this season. Was that a concern for you? Or is it too early to tell? Uh, the Eels have really regained that composure. Yeah, I think it's a bit too early to tell. I'm, I'm still think Parramatta are a good side. Um, but I just love the way that the Dragons come out and faced it. Yeah. They, they took it to them for 80 minutes. I, I was sitting up there and were lucky enough to call the game. And they were lining up on their line to sprint off their line and get into them with their defence. So they were, they were attacking with their defence. And with the ball, they were running hard to hurt. Um, all over the park, uh, the Dragons just tested them and, and challenged them and put uh, Parramatta under all sorts of uh, different pressure that they're not used to being under. So I think Canberra Raiders can do the exact same thing. They'll look at the video, they'll show what the Dragons did, and I reckon they're going to come out and, again, just attack with their defence because Parramatta's forward pack is so good, and when they dominate in the middle of the field, they're so hard to stop. And then you've got Mitch Moses and you've got um, Clint Gufferson, a fullback who just looks beautiful up through the middle, but because they're unsettling them, they're struggling a bit, and that's what the Dragons done really well. I wonder, with the fade out at the end of last year and the criticism that Parramatta cop after leading the competition last year and then not even firing a shot in the same final, I'm curious how Brad Arthur's thinking after that performance last week, because that's when a big side comes at you and you can't handle it. Does that add some echoes of what happened last year? So I'm, this match, I'm really curious to see what happens, because if they play poor and they get outplayed and get out-muscled again this game... I think the fans will start going, oh, hang on a sec, what's changed from last year? They, they've sold us the first four weeks about it's changed. They played someone tough, they got beat. So if they play someone tough again and get beat, the question marks will start to come out. Or alternatively, a really great opportunity yeah. for Brad Arthur's side 100%. to show yeah. what they've learned, to show that that change is real. Isn't it funny? It, it, I think Dylan Brown's a huge loss too. I, I really, I, yeah. I really like him as a footballer. His anticipation in the game is just spot on, so yeah. he's a big loss. All right, let's head to Sunday Arvo footy to the two o'clock kickoff to begin with. And the Dragons host the Warriors at Netstrata Jubilee Stadium for the home side. No changes to Anthony Griffin's 17. But new signing Josh Maguire has been named in jersey number 20 as he makes the move south and heads into his first week with life as a Dragon. For the visitors, there's a change on the wing with Peter Hiku coming in for David Fusatua, who's missing with a hamstring injury. Josh Curran will start in the second row in place of Eli Katoa. 
Tora. Suspended duo Bunty Afoa and Jermaine Tornoa Brown return into the 21 with Afoa on the bench. Josh Maguire, a dragon for the next season and a half. Louis, do you think we see him injected immediately this weekend? And for a player who hasn't had that pre-season time, hasn't had those weeks on the paddock, what is that like fitting into the new systems? Look, I don't think he'll be thrown straight in because I'm just putting myself in um, Anthony Griffin's situation. The way that they played on the weekend, I would not be changing anything. I'll be giving them all the trust in the world to go out and execute the exact same way they played against the Dragons. So I don't see how he makes his way in there yet. And I think you'll have to find a way to fight into this side because if they continue, it's four wins on the trot now for the Dragons. Yeah. Um, I would not be changing anything. It's all about cohesion, belief and trusting in the system and that's what they've got there at the moment, the Dragons. So, um, look, I, I can't see him going in. Big uh, job for the Warriors uh, moving forward against this Dragon side. Again, I would just copy and paste what they did last week. Their attitude... Everything was spot on. And that's, as, as a player, when the coach says, we, we want you to do this, this and this, and you get trust in the coach, for him to... I, I'd really be curious how he'd drop a player from last week's performance or the last month's appearance because a new player's just arrived. That's not selling faith. That's not buying into a team. We're all in this squad together. You know, I think Josh Maguire's going to have to earn his right to play for the Dragons at the moment. Especially when they've had that physicality oh. as well, which has been so crucial to them. Nathan Brown, on the other hand, was critical of his side's attack last weekend. How much are they missing Chanel Harris, Tavita? And ultimately, what changes can Brown make to really spark their attack, Noddy? Yeah, that's right. Well, you know... Um, would they, the first few weeks they spoke about weighted possession and just crashing over for tries and we spoke about it, it was like oh that's not really a pretty brand of football. Now that the, the, the rest of the competition's caught up, they're match fit we understand the six of the go rule, they're playing a bit more football now they're starting to get caught out a little bit about that key ball player, the key the nine, the seven or the six um, who is going to be the ball player, the creative how do they think, Corey Norman is playing really good at the moment, I've got four clubs that Corey Norman could be sold to that would make them instantly a top eight side. And the Warriors are one of them. Player manager, Noddy. I, I just think, you know, I just think, I love how he plays when he's playing good football. It's off the cuff, it's ad lib, it's game management. And then that's what the Warriors need. And it, their size is so good. They get so much momentum. Sheck starts to set so well. They've got big, two big wingers. They get momentum going forward. And then all of a sudden there's nothing, there's technically no shape and no structure coming on the back of it. It's a bit like the Broncos. The Broncos played no shape and no structure. It's just like, I'll pass to you. You pass to someone else. If we're big enough, we're strong enough, we score a try. You know, it sounds funny though. Like Adam Finnell Blake's a huge loss, even though yeah. he's not a half. He's not. A, he's not really creating. <laughs> he's probably the a biggest lot. half back in the game. He, he's got. He has got some good skill. Yeah. It's the momentum he creates in the middle of the yeah. field, the ruck and the speed. He gets the. You know, gets Chanel over the over the ad line, the front foot. Roger Tuivasa Shet gets a little bit of a better look uh, out wide. So I think that loss of yeah. Finnell Blake in the middle hurts him. Imagine if a Damian Cook played behind the Warriors forward pack, because you see what he does at South. He gets a momentum, gets quick play ball, gone through the middle. Yeah. Damaging. They're sort of lacking that that next step. But, you know, they've been really good. They're consistent. They're big. They're powerful. It's going to be another good challenge. A, a big and powerful yeah. challenge, oh, that is, for There'll sure. be some sore bodies on Sunday night. Let's <laughs> round out round six, shall we, with our Sunday afternoon footy. The Cowboys hosting the Bulldogs back at Queensland Country Bank Stadium, 4.05pm kickoff. Plenty of changes for Todd Payton's side. Justin O'Neill makes his return after that head knock. He'll start with Hamaso Tabuai Fido ruled out with an ankle injury. And in left centre, Conley Lemuelu has been named despite that shoulder injury. Cohen Hess will start at prop with Francis Molo moving 
moving to the bench. Jason Taumalolo makes his comeback from a broken hand. Ruben Cotter has dropped out of the 21 with Corey Jensen coming onto the bench. Mitch Dunn named in Jersey 19 as he works to make his return from a foot injury. For the Bulldogs, skipper Josh Jackson's missing from the 21 after leaving the field late against the Storm. Luke Thompson into the starting side at lock and Chris Smith comes onto the bench. For the home side, for the Cowboys, after springing that upset away from home, now they're back in front of their home fans, Louie, and up against the Bulldogs who haven't won a game yet in 2021. Is this a chance for Todd Payton's side to build some, some momentum, to turn around that start to the season that they've had? Well, I think they had a little bit of confidence out of the win yeah. on the weekend. Now, I think if they go back home and they lose to the Bulldogs, who are really, really struggling... Their confidence has just really been sucked straight out of them. But they haven't had a really great record since the new um, stadium's been yeah. built. But, yeah, look, oh, they have to take a lot out of this game. Uh, the way that they played in that first 40 minutes, they need to attack this Bulldog side. They need to fatigue them. But, again, I, I do believe this is the only chance the Bulldogs are going to have to win this game, to have a win this year. Like, they're going to go up there and try and upset the, the Cowboys. But um, it, this is a really weird game of footy for me. I, I, I don't see... I suppose that a whole lot of class and attack for the Bulldogs. I did see a lot of class for the first 40 minutes from the Cowboys, yeah. but I haven't seen them do it on a consistent basis. We're expecting the Cowboys to beat them this weekend, but who knows, because their run-up there hasn't been the greatest. Well, looking at that statement from Louis in terms yeah. of the Bulldogs then, Noddy, is this ultimately Trent Barrett's grand final this year? Pretty close to it, isn't it? They're just going through a horrible time. Uh, it's a rebuilding phase. They're going through a tough right. They've got a lot of young kids. They don't have senior players in key positions. Uh, it's a rookie coach. It's the board and the and, and the fans are going to be really patient with the, with the dogs. It's going to be a tough time. They scored 18 points against Melbourne. That, that's what I think they can take out of the game. Because the dogs are the only team who've got a winning a winning. Um, what do you call it? Uh, Record? Record, that's the word I was looking for. <laughs> Sounds like R. Against Melbourne, but um, that's why they yeah. scored 18 points. They scored 18 points against Melbourne. They, they hadn't scored a point for three weeks. So the, when, the, when they scored the first try, it was like they won a grand final. So to score 18 points against Melbourne, you can go, hang on a sec, if you can score 18 against Melbourne, maybe we're a chance of scoring 24-30 in some regards against the Cowboys because of some inconsistency. You're, I, I agree with Louis. It's, it's a game where you could go, you could go either way. It's... It's probably not going to be the most exciting game, unfortunately. It's not going to be like the Roosters versus the Melbourne Storm game, but you know that's why they're down the bottom of the roster or down and the bottom of the ladder. It's still a big and important game for both sides. Yeah. That rounds out round six, and you don't need to miss a moment of the action. You can see all of the footy across Channel 9, KO, Fox Sports, Sky Sports New Zealand, and, of course, watch NRL for our international viewers. Predictions, our headlines coming out of round six. Louis, we do this each and every week, mainly so that I can tell you that you're wrong the following Tuesday. So please come back for that. Yes. Noddy, what's your prediction? What are we talking about coming out of round six? Penrith to raise the bat and score a half-century. Wow. That's not a bold prediction. <laughs> not bold enough. Well, they All get, right, they, then, they get close to 50 every week. They have so been impressive. You want to come up with something pretty sure. big here. Come You're on. Yeah. You're throwing me out of the park. I can feel it, Louis. I can feel it. I'm going to say the two best fullbacks coming up have an absolute blinder, but I'm going to say Puppenhausen just to outplay the world's best number one, James Desca. Puffenhausen with bragging rights out of what could be the game of the round. Which oh, I reckon is going to be such a good game. Oh, I thought you meant Latrell versus um, Brimson, but anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Luke Lewis, so oh. awesome to have you here with us. Thank you for coming in. Uh, thanks for having me. It's awesome. Brett Kamali, always good to see you.
Thanks, mate. <laughs> Thanks for, <laughs> Thank you for joining us as well. It's been an absolute pleasure to have your company. Enjoy all of the round six action and we really hope you can join us again next Tuesday here on NRL.com. See you soon.